And there came a day, a day unlike... Wait, no, that's been done. Hmm. Who knows what evil lurks and... No, that is that other thing. What has yellow skin and rights? Ah, forget it. You're listening to Panelology. Excelsior, oh, damn it. Welcome to episode 196 of Panelology. I'm Alex. I'm Jenna. And I'm Brian. How is everybody this morning? Uh, you know what? I'm is in a pretty good morning? mood. I don't know why. Good. What? Jenna's staring yes. into her camera. <laughs> I said, is it morning? Oh, I did not hear you. <laughs> I did not either. But yes, like, it is. Ew. Have, have you had coffee and or kombucha yet this morning, Jenna? I'm drinking tea, thank you very much. Okay. Regular, unfermented, no mushroom tea. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. Zero mother added. <laughs> Tea. I'm having coffee. I finished my coffee, so that maybe that's why I'm in a good mood. I will have coffee after this. Oh, I will have so much coffee today. Yeah. <sighs> Let's talk comics. Let's do it. Rip this band-aid Let's off. Go. Get straight into the meat. Right into Which that Which I guess meat. implies we're going through some <laughs> sort of open wound, but uh, we won't think too much about <laughs> that. <laughs> Thanks for that, Alex. Wow. Somehow I I wonder if people often describe our podcast that way. As an open wound? Yes. Yes, exactly. yes they do. Well, I expect us to have some new reviews now. <laughs> the best open wound I listened to this week. This show is an open wound gushing with comics information. It's like, it's like blood no. seeping into my ears and then out my mouth. Oh, yikes. Oh, Wonder Twins. My God. Let's talk about Wonder Twins. <laughs> uh, I finally caught up. I read four issues this week to get caught oh, up. Oh, you were My behind. God. I was way behind, and I'm so glad I did catch up. How good is Man, this Man, I bet book? that was a really fun block of comics reading. Uh, it was. This. It was. It was. It was, it was the, it's the last thing I, I, like, I just finished, and... I'm so happy I did. Like, especially to get caught up for this one. Because, I mean, you know, like, this issue is my jam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a very Brian story arc and issue, huh? It's, it very much is. So, <laughs> Polly's dad has, uh, turns out, back in the 80s, wrote the first artificial intelligence called Colonel 86. Which, just the name alone tells you pretty much all you need to know about it. It's just, I love that name, Colonel 86, which has so many computer things going on in it that I can't even. <laughs> uh, but somebody buys the computer that ran. So he shut him down a couple of years later because he got corrupted and like was not doing well. He became an evil uh, AI. Exactly. Exactly. And because he's a communist AI. I mean, uh, I mean, yeah. Someone bought the old computer at the estate sale and plugged it up and connected it to the internet and things went very poorly <laughs> imagine that uh which uh, i think one of the things i love the most is so this computer this computer ai starts literally taking over everything on the internet but at the same time, wants to revert everything back to the yeah. 80s <laughs> <laughs> so like it's like computer uh air, computers on airplanes air, airplanes don't need computers and just deletes the computer program from the airplane it's like what 
No. The best part, and I'm surprised, surprised this was not your quote of the week, is uh, they're standing in the Hall of the Justice, the Justice League members are. Mm It's a good place for Justice League members to stand, I guess. Yes. And they are it is very watching good. their computer screen, which has been taken over by uh, Colonel 86. Superman says, we've got to stop this malevolence from taking over the world. Hawkman, what do you want us to do? Punch the internet? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Hawkman. The level of snark Look, in Hawkman's if, voice. If anyone much. can do it, Hawkman, it's up to you and Shyara. Punch the internet. Punch it hard. <laughs> What is is Superboy Prime doing right now? (laughs) Punch it so hard in the face, yes. Can Superboy Prime just come punch Facebook a little? (laughs) So as expected in this, though, like over 45-year-old balding white men love this fucking guy. Oh, for sure. Love, Love Colonel 86. And they're wearing nothing but muscle shirts and Zubas. And that fucking killed me. As as an over 46 white guy, not balding, thank goodness. But also not wearing a muscle shirt, thank goodness. Yet. Yeah. Um, I will say I love reading about this and, and, and poking fun at it, but I do not approve. <laughs> Good, Brian. I am not you on board. You should not approve. <laughs> Like, here's the thing. Nostalgia can be okay if you look back at it fondly and realize it for what it is, which is, yeah, you know what? Which is gone? Well, yeah, right. That's what I, (laughs) yes, gone. But you can appreciate what it was at the time, you know, for the time that it was. But know that it's not something you long for again. That's where nostalgia gets bad, is when you long for it again, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, because when you look back fondly, you're only looking back back at all the good things that happened. You're not thinking about the terrible shit that also happened at the same time. The human brain is designed to minimize the memory of pain. Uh Uh-huh. That's correct. I'm not human. (laughs) This is also why therapy exists. (laughs) <laughs> Jen's secret is she's constantly in pain. So that's... <laughs> that's true. I think I only remember the memory of pain. Ooh. Uh, but and that's uh, I, I love that Lex gets on like Lex is like, ooh, there's people that like this. We should just we should jump on board and promote it. <laughs> <laughs> Get behind this now. And then when it disappears, he's like so ridiculously nonchalant about it. He's like. Eh, whatever. We'll just I'll just jump on the next anger train. <laughs> Gee, I wonder what Lex News is a thinly veiled analog to. I can't uh. imagine. Uh. Although I, I gotta say I do love the fact that their show has a robot on it called Pundutron. Pundutron is the best. <laughs> I love the moment where he's like, oh, it's happening. It's really happening. This is my moment. Oh, it's so wonderful. This um, is also my... the book from Wince Hales this week. Brian's quote of the week. And quote, quote. We gotta, we gotta, yeah, we gotta step down. This is actually series quote this week. If you can believe I'm it sorry. Not. But it's it's just so good. It, it like, this, uh, if you ever want to know what Mark Russell commentary is like, because you haven't read one of his books, this, this sums it up right here. And so when this is all over when they finally resolved it and everything zan says wow for a monster a lot of people really love the colonel and jana goes they never loved him they love the monster he allowed them to be oof yep. oof it's yeah. true yeah 
This is so good. Though. Ah, thinly veiled metaphor. How I love thee. I, 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 I while we're on this book, real quick, one of the other things I love is there have been so many books in the last probably month or so that when they do like, oh, all these heroes are showing up for whatever this big event, whatever. Like Zan and Jaina are always in it now. Like so I've good. seen them around so in so many group shots yes. now, and I love the fact that that people are responding to this and including them and making them part of. DC continuity at this point. I know it is not our usual thing to talk about TV shows on here, but Brian, are you caught up on Crisis? Uh, I have watched, I watched all of the actual Crisis event. I haven't watched anything after. Same. Have you seen the two episodes that aired like last week that finished it? No. Okay. No. Um, well then fine. I won't ask what you thought uh, of the thing. Wait, maybe I did. Was it Flash and Arrow? There was a I think it was an Arrow episode and a Legends of Tomorrow episode. Yes, I did see those. Yes, I did. Because that is part of the crisis. Yeah, you've event, seen so all five parts. Okay. Yes, I have seen all five parts. So Gleek there, huh? Oh, oh my god. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. That killed I me. I love it. That was that that crisis just to evolve super briefly was uh, it, it, it wasn't like so much better and awesome, more awesome than it was exactly what I was talking about nostalgia earlier. It was just a wonderful fan shout out to so many superhero franchises that came before. Yeah. And it was, it was super cool to see that as just an acknowledgement of it. It had fun. It wasn't precious about it. Exactly. You got a really sweet Marv Wolfman cameo. Oh, uh-huh. so good. <laughs> I loved that. Yeah. All right. I, I, I needed to get though on the record, Brian talking about Gleek. <laughs> I do love Gleek. <laughs> All right. Once in future, Jin. Yeah. Speaking of letting go of the past or not. Or not. Or not. Um, God, I can't even remember his name in this book. I'm having such a fucking brain day. Percival. Percy. Um, yeah, but is that his name? I think Percy's his name. Maybe okay. it's his middle name. Uh, Yeah, I think it's his middle name. Anyway, he is doing everything he can to save his grand. Yes. Um, and just the snark of this old lady as she's dying is fantastic. She is the actual best, and I love her so much. She is, and she's also the actual worst. Also that. <laughs> also that. She's so terrible. Kieran Gillen, she's so funny while she's doing Kieran it. Kieran Gillen has threaded the Grand Parrot Needle. The best and also the worst. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so good. So this was the original end of this book. Yeah? Uh, yeah, it was originally... The next issue's not... It was originally just a six-issue miniseries, and now it's an ongoing. Oh, oh right. My brain yeah. was on something else. It's cool. <laughs> Braining so hard. Um... We yeah. get basically a post-credits page that teases what's coming next. Yes. We, 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 we meet a Merlin. We sure do. Merlin is terrifying. Uh, Very much so. Very, mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the moment between whatever his name is and his mom in whatever the, other world. the weird middle other world, yeah, whatever that is, was just like, it was almost more heartbreaking to watch him go, oh, okay then. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you don't know your mom and she just said she's not your mom oh god yeah it was i mean this is a family drama book at its core as oh, it turns yeah. out oh yeah i love everything about this i'm glad we are getting more of this mm-hmm. also how good and trippy is the art in this issue it's so good the world is melting around them and it is fantastic yeah batman superman number six batman superman so 
uh, I, I think we mentioned we've talked about this book I think kind of once before, and it was it's really been focused on uh, the Batman who laughs and the Sinister Six that he put together. Secret Six. See, I don't know why I keep calling it Sinister Six, but I do that every time because you wanted to add just that little bit of extra red string to Jen's conspiracy room. That, that's exactly what it is. Um, this really deals uh, with this particular issue deals with the aftermath of their fight with. The Secret Six. Yes. Um, and uh, God, I love that. Uh, the, it kind of opens with Batman and Superman looking at uh, Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. And it, like he just like I love that visual of him. That was kind of terrifying. Yeah, I Jim Gordon is so much the linchpin of this whole idea for me. Well, especially if, and we'll talk about it when we get to Hell Arisen for you know super yeah. briefly. But yeah, he really is going. I, I mean, he's going to play such a pivotal role, like to be the one that doesn't have superpowers. Not to diminish the storytelling around the other characters that's going on, because I think it's well handled. We've talked about that before. It's all sort of Mm -hmm. grounded in logical character choices for them. Yep. But we're so used to seeing Gordon as ally and support character, and okay, that one time for a few issues, Batman too. But for the most part, just sort of being in the background and playing second fiddle. Right that seeing him with the gloves off not only is it is it kind of heartbreaking for batman but like jim gordon is a legitimately intimidating and imposing figure when he cuts loose yeah like it, uh, and it doesn't feel i mean i think part of it is he's probably learned a lot from batman over the years oh for sure but it but it doesn't feel that way it feels like it's him yeah yeah which is uh, i mean it doesn't seem like he's like impersonating or trying to be it just it's him yeah yeah Anyway, so most of what this book is about is dealing with the fallout and consequences and the realization that Batman and Superman come to about how much harm they did in keeping this infection a secret. Yeah, and I love they go to find Wonder Woman to tell her themselves, and I love that she already knows and she is just taking it out on monsters. Uh Uh-huh. Like, this is so I gotta much, find something to punch. This is so <laughs> yes. much a, the two kids are coming to tell mom what they've done. Uh-huh. It's punch therapy, yes. I love it. Um, but yeah, she, so she is not happy with them, for obvious reasons. Um, and she's gonna go find Donna and see what can be done. But I, the other thing I like is, this obviously, this particular issue spans a period of time, uh, and it's during this time, and I like how it kind of fed into possibly Superman making his decision to reveal the truth about himself. Yeah. Because that happens during the timeline of this issue. Yeah. And it it makes sense that what happened here would feed into that choice for him. Yeah, it does. Make, like, we'll talk more about that in a minute, but. I really do like how the decision to do that feels part of both, like it's a part of both the ongoing narrative in the two Superman books, but also the bigger picture for what's going on line-wide in DC. Yep. Agreed. And then at the end of this, we get, um, we, we get a picture of kind of what's coming next in this book, which is not very hopeful for the two of them. (laughs) If you could find the two people that you don't want teaming up, it would probably have to be, uh, uh, Zod and Ra's al Ghul. Yeah. Although, I don't know how much it's going to be their teaming up versus their... Well... Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah. Uh, They're going to be the antagonists for the next part of the yeah. book. Yeah. Um, I am about 95% sure that Zod wants the uh, the Lazarus, Lazarus Pits to bring back Kander, because we saw Rogel Zar destroy Kander. Right. Yep. Well, and it, I mean, it does say, label the next book as Ra's al Ghul versus General Zod. But yeah. yeah. So. Superman number 19. Ah, speaking of the truth. Yeah. Um, you know what? This is for, at least for Superman books, this really is a month of, uh, of aftermath and seeing the fallout of things that were done. Yeah. Because this is, this is the results of what happened when Clark reveals that he is Superman. As opposed to a month of Superman after care, which would be more of a <laughs> Stepan Shayek kind of take on the character, My I think. My God. <laughs> Something tells me Wonder Lois would enjoy that, though. <laughs> Probably. My God. <laughs> what color kryptonite is that again? <laughs> the little blue trapezoidal kryptonite? Uh, no, I think it's black with silver studs. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Jesus. Silver studded kryptonite. <laughs> Oh, wow. Hey, Alex, did you just give Brian your superpower? Did you, like, I feel like I watched you hand it over to him. You know, sometimes, I've been looking for a sidekick. <laughs> he, he, texted, he texted me part of his power. Yeah. <laughs> it was embedded in that picture I sent of Brian's screen frozen with him just Cheshire Cat it, grinning at us. It makes sense that it can be transferred digitally. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't it, though? Oh, but, there is not a firewall that can stop me. <laughs> we see Clark can't get fired from the Daily Planet Aww. because uh, the the lawyers and the insurance companies are too worried about um, you know what's going to happen now that now that everybody knows who he is. Uh, but then, <laughs> in a very in a very Perry move, he immediately turns around and hires Superman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh. Yep. Uh, what I, I love that the like the opening scene of this is you see the Daily Planet like in just rubble and like the planet you know the on top from on top of the building the the structure is just crushed and destroyed mm. and you're like what and you turn the page <laughs> Perry's like this is the in- insurance company's artist rendition of what they think will happen to the Daily Planet <laughs> 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 and I love the the defense the argument that Lois and and Jimmy give are essentially well okay yeah people didn't know Clark was Superman but they've always known that Superman has been associated closely with the Daily Planet right and if they wanted to hurt him they could come at us nothing has changed yeah yeah same fucking concept exactly I also love when Perry's like this is great now that the truth is out there you don't have to play the bumbling reporter who can't make deadlines and Superman and Lois just kind of look at each other. Um, well, I gotta, I gotta tell you, before, um, before I felt like I needed that lovely serious quote of the week. This did have my original quote of the week. Was this the uh, 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 spelling thing? It was the spelling thing. Because Perry's getting on to onto Clark about, you know, the whole deadline thing. Yeah. I can accept, you know, a normal person, you know, not being able. But if you can type at super speed, how do you not get, how do you miss deadlines? Da, da, da. And so he's going through all the things. He's like, well, what about the typos? And Clark's like, uh, those were an act of marital solidarity. I was just trying to make, make it so Lois's work didn't stand out as much. She was like, oh, that's not true. Um, Actually, that's completely true. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
<laughs> that was that's exactly what Lois said. Was aw. <laughs> I oh, love it. Also, love you can't it. type at super speed because the computer won't register everything. Uh, that is correct. Yes. Perry doesn't know this, though. Plus, it's the... Uh, uh, he's well, not uh, in IT. It's no. okay. He's, yeah, I, I he think, still uses I, a typewriter. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I think their fallacy was they were they were like, well, you, you, yeah, but you don't always get the inspiration at super speed. You know, sometimes you have to think. <laughs> of, and I'm like, yeah, but he also thinks at super speed. Right. So, but you know. I love that that scene, though, proving its own point is Superman doesn't have an answer. Solo is like, you have to wait for inspiration. You have to wait for inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Feeding him. The lines. Yes. Yeah. And then, actually, the moment, so then, you know, all that ends with Perry, and they walk out into the bullpen, and the scene with, um, oh, what's her name? Uh, The The gossip gossip colonist. colonist, Yeah. Um, Liz Allen is the wrong answer. Yes. Trish Q. um, (laughs) Is just amazing. Because, like, she's like, she's like, she gives, she just walks up and gives him a huge hug, and he's like, oh. And she's like, no, remember you, Superman. As Superman, you saved my life like two days ago. And he's like, Aww. "Oh, oh, that's right." I, you know. And then she's like, "Plus, I've been sitting on this." And she has the picture of Lois kissing Superman. <laughs> and she's like, "I feel like as a reporter, I've been neglecting my duty, but it had me so concerned. I knew there had to be a reason, and now I'm just so relieved." <laughs> <laughs> It's so good. It is she so good. She didn't want to dish the hot goss. Aww. I love that they call back to that moment too, though, because that was really the first point in Bendis' run where it seemed like maybe maybe the secret identity was not going to last. Right. Especially looking back. But even in the moment, I think we talked about, like, is this the first step in revealing? Yeah. And then I love that, like, just everybody, all of their people from the newsroom give them, like, Steve Lombard comes up and gives them a big hug. Yeah. <laughs> like, everybody is happy. I get right? the feeling like there are going to be a lot of hugs today. Yeah. 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 Uh, And then he goes on and talks about how, you know, he was worried that there would be this huge reaction, you know, especially from all the people that hate Superman, etc. Yeah. But that, like, he's like, maybe everyone's just in shock, but it's actually nothing really out of the normal. So Life is just going on. In fact, it's even kind of a quiet, peaceful day for him. Yeah. So is this going to have, well, I don't know. I guess there are other aliens living as people in the world. I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, is this going to have legal ramifications for the fact that, you know, he doesn't, he isn't actually a citizen? Um, (laughs) There is, there is a conversation with Perry where like, he's like, enjoy today because tomorrow we bring out all the lawyers dealing with all the jerks who are going to try to sue for petty reasons over this. Right. Um, And there is a, the the new rule is you can no longer quote Superman as a source. (laughs) To which Lois responds, what about me? Can I? Can I say, quoted by my husband, Superman, my (laughs) husband. Yeah. And the other thing is uh, when they're talking about the how things aren't really going to change that much, you know, it's always been this way. And Jimmy in like Toto Voce is kind of like, well, actually, I mean, things have changed some. Like, you know, I got turned into a lizard that time and you had an alien baby. Oh, Jimphony. <laughs> oh, 
sweet, sweet Jimberly. Ah, uh, uh, so this is one of those. Then uh, there's there's one page where it's Superman talking about how you know it, basically surrounded by the entire Justice League and you know them showing him that they're still friends with him and glad that supporting him whatever you know and hit this revolution. And Zan and Jaina are in here. This is one of those I was talking about. I love it. All right. All right. Let's talk about Wonder Woman 750. So many stories. Yeah. So I think the the bulk of this is going to fall on Brian because okay. I bad because it's a heavy book. <laughs> it was a heavy book. I did not know when I picked this up that the 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 main feature of this is the final chapter of the ongoing story. Mm-hmm. So I have not read the main part of this. I have read a little bit of the some of the others. I had to pick and choose some. It's been a busy week. So Brian. So the the main story is the final arc of the Wild Hunt, which is essentially um, Cheetah. Uh, lashing out and what she's trying to do is she's trying to kill amazons in an effort to piss off hera enough that she shows up the goddess hera yeah um and she does and then she wants to kill hera and the idea is she thinks she's helping wonder woman by doing this even though wonder woman is blinded to it because like her being enslaved to oh my gosh i can't pronounce i'm not even gonna try to pronounce that name uh Kataga or whatever his name is, uh, that she was enslaved to. Wonder Woman freed her from, you know, servitude to that god, and she wants to do the same for Diana. Um, and uh, Diana is like, no, it's different though. Um, and you know, I'm not asking you to do this, and the whole thing. And eventually comes to the point and makes her realize the truth of, yeah, but by you not giving me the cho- my own choice in this, by you killing the goddess and, quote, freeing me without my consent, you're essentially doing the same thing that they are and deciding my path for me. And Barbara's like, oh, shit, I am. And that's kind of how this resolves i and miss then, them being friends i want them to be friends again well and i th- i think we're gonna we're gonna work our way back to that slowly cool um cheetah runs away and gets away but you know then Hera talks to her and diana's like well i'm not saying she was wrong <laughs> that <laughs> that you can i'm i was just telling her that she doesn't have the right to make that choice for me and the choice that i'm gonna make is i'm going to define what my role and what my future and what my mission is not the gods <laughs> and then she goes to paradise island and chooses her own weapons from the amazon's uh weapons cache and forges new new bracelets which is uh i mean there's one so basically, it's her mother's bracelets that her mother wore and broke after they freed themselves from Heracles' servitude. Mm. Um, and she uses, uh, this is the part, Amazonium, which is apparently a metal found deep within the island. Sure. I'm like, okay, really? But whatever. Um, and they use that to reforge these bracelets, but they're not like these pristine bracelets. You see the cracks in them with, like, essentially what are like the welds of this metal reforging them. Cool. And that's kind of cool. I like. I actually liked that that look. Um, are they, are they bracelets or are they bracers? Bracers. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're. I'm like. Yeah. She's opting for less coverage. Ooh. No, they're they're, <laughs> they're Amazonian bracers is what they are. And that is the that's the first story that we have here. Yeah. Um. The next one is. Let me see if I can find because I got. I want to find the credits for these. Or are they all about? Oh, There's the next one is the Gail the Simone. Yeah. yeah. The next one is the Gail Simone story. Now, Alex, which one did you read? Um. 
I flipped through several, but the only one I actually got to read so far was the Vita Ayala one. Okay, okay. So the Gail Simone the one Silver is Swan. yeah. The Gail Simone one is essentially uh, we, we see a girl who uh, Wonder Woman apparently mentored at some point, who is this young African American girl who is she has her powers are to be able to summon flowers, any flower, <laughs> and. She is using these powers to, like, save people from a burning building. And, like, oh, okay. <laughs> Her name is Star Blossom, and she's pretty amazing. Wonder Woman shows up, and um, turns out she gives Wonder Woman a present, which is a flower she has created uh, in the colors of Wonder Woman called a Senior Soror, which is Big Sister. Aww. Yeah. And it's just a wonderful little uh, Wonder Woman has experienced a loss. One of her, her childhood friends, which was one of the Megalodon sharks that guard Paradise Island, Aww. passed away. And, you know, she gives her this gift and it kind of reminds her. And it's it's a, it's just a wonderful, it's a very Gail Simone, beautiful story. It's about five, five or six pages. Um, then we have uh, The Interrogation by Mariko Tamaki, uh, and it is uh, one, it, it, it's a very traditional little super short story, but it has a, a, a nice little twist at the end. No, 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 no. What? what? Hold on. No. Okay, what? No. You cannot just move past the fact, what you failed to mention <laughs> is that when they fucking cast the Amazonium, they cast it in the shape of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot just glaze past that. Thank you, Alex. You're when welcome. They're, when they're forging the forging the, the bracers, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> they're pouring the yes. Look, she just saw Watchmen. She got some ideas from Lori. <laughs> she might have oh my god. Uh, maybe she read Metal Mint. Maybe she she met the new gold. I don't know. <laughs> like I get that you have to have a trough for pouring down into the cast. But but hey, that is a dick and balls right there. I am so sorry. Keep going. <laughs> That's beautiful. My uh, God. Um, I think probably one of my favorites is um, what is what is? I want to look at the title of this particular story. Real quick, oh, um, the Mariko Tamaki one. Yes. The artist on that, Elena oh. Casagrande, uh-huh. is going to be doing the new Black Widow book with Kelly Thompson. Oh, that's going to be good because I really enjoyed that. The other one that I really like, and I mean, this is no surprise. This is a shock to nobody. The the next story is called Never Change, and it's by Greg Rucka, and the art is Nicholas uh, Nicholas Scott. So of course it's beautiful, and it's an awesome story. It is Diana going to Cersei, who is at Fat Tuesday. <laughs> Which is a great little scene in and of itself. But essentially, um, she's asking Cersei to cast a spell to change Barbara Minerva back from Cheetah to Barbara. And Cersei's like, I can do it, but you're going to have to give up something. And she's like, well, you know, I can give you money. Cersei's like, I've got money. That's not, like, it's going to require a sacrifice of something you love. So Diana's going to give up her lasso. And uh, it, it comes to the point that all, like, Cersei has cast the spell and all Barbara has to do is, you know, say her name to be transformed and the name she chooses is cheetah so she doesn't change and, and yeah and then there's like there's a last page which is a wonderful moment between cersei and diana and uh it, it, it's a it's a uh, it's probably my favorite in this whole uh 
issue so a lot i love the uh like circus ringmaster costume yes cersei is in in this Uh uh-huh fat tuesday yes yeah with her giant pile of stuffed animals and pillows (laughs) yep and champagne there's definitely a peach emoji pillow in there side note (laughs) there is yes you don't say um but also at the at the Fat Tuesday party parade, the mix of Spitlick and Batmite balloons are <laughs> yes. very good. Yes, they are. <laughs> They're all wonderful. Like, yeah, this is just uh, it's like I said, it's probably my favorite story in this whole issue. Uh, it, it's beautiful. Uh, the next one is very much a Wonder Woman kind of origin story, um, but it's more about. Um, uh, her questioning herself and her limits on Paradise Island before Steve arrives. Um, so it's it's a nice little story. Um, and then let's see. Um, the next one, I guess the last one I want to mention is the V Alice story. Oh no, I'm sorry. I forgot. How can I skip this? Uh, Marguerite Bennett does a uh, 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 what am I trying to say? Um, bombshells. Oh, what was her bombshells? Yes, thank you. A bombshells story about Wonder Woman, and it's essentially all the different. Different uh, bombshell characters talking about who Wonder Woman is to them, um, and it's uh, it's it's I love it. I, which I I like the bombshell stuff anyway. Yeah. Um, I just like how how different that setting is and how different some of those characters are portrayed in it. Um, and yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. Uh, and then it's the last one, the Vida Ayala one. Uh, yes. The last one's the Scott Snyder one. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, but Vida Ayala is the next one. Yes. Yeah, and it is uh, basically kind of a a short little history recap of the Silver Swan and Diana's relationship to her and where they are now. And yeah, yeah, it's another really, really good one. Uh, The art in that one's beautiful, too. So many Wonder Woman villains who my basic basic thoughts on are, no, I want you two to just squash this beef and be friends. Like, can you two please be friends? I want (laughs) you two to be friends. Well, they are here. I know. It makes me Uh, happy. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I want to point out the artist in this one is uh, Amanke Nahulpan. I am mispronouncing that name horribly, horribly, I'm sure. But I love this art. I think this art is beautiful. Yes, it is gorgeous. We we've seen this artist do other things before, um, like in some of the other seasonal holiday books, and mm-hmm. I think even going back to one of the DC New Talent Showcase books. Very cool. And then the last one is the Scott Snyder story, which is uh, a Brave New World, and it's essentially Superman saving um, uh, Frank FDR at the World's Fair in 1939, and kind of how uh, she has inspired and uh, it's kind of a tribute to Wonder Woman her you know the character of Wonder Woman and how she has inspired us and how you know she kind of like Superman how she sees us better than we tend to see ourselves a lot of times Superman saving it's about Wonder Woman saving. oh I'm sorry did I say Superman I'm sorry yeah one I'm sorry Wonder (laughs) Woman where does Wonder Woman (laughs) fit into this nope 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 (laughs) Wonder Woman saving God. There's my. Apparently, I haven't had enough coffee. Um, Wonder Woman saving FDR at the 1939 World's Fair. Cool. Yeah, and it's about yeah the the character of Wonder Woman and a tribute to her and like I said, how she sees and inspired other heroes. Like it it shows in the out kind of out in the crowd after all this is over. Uh, Alan Scott with his Green Lantern ring. Aww. Right? 
Yeah, and how uh, you know she inspired other people to step forward. Yeah, super good. This is what I need from a Wonder Woman movie now. Like I'm all here for '86, but then can mm-hmm. we go back to like the '50s, '40s, and '50s and have a Wonder Woman Alan Scott team up movie? Oh, uh, that would be he. That would be super super good. I need it. All right, Year of the Villain, Hell Arisen number two. Brian, you said you wanted to talk about this one. I. I want to apparently I want to talk about everything this week. Um <laughs> I mean I always want to talk about everything. I got gotcha. you. So this is uh, this is the Batman who laughs and his secret six. <laughs> got it um, in vers- one. Yeah, there we go. Versus uh uh Apex Lex, the 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 new Lex Luthor Martian Manhunter hybrid that is Lex Luthor. Um, Apex Lex really sounds like if Lex Luthor decided to create a PlayStation gamer tag or something like that. <laughs> Doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, I'm telling you, he's playing Apex Legends all the time. Apex Lex 482, yes. <laughs> Why 482? I don't know. I just, that was just the number that popped in my head. Because he's Apex... been banned 481 times. <laughs> <laughs> that is perfect. Yep. Yep. Jin got That's it. That's exactly what it is. Um, but so I'm f- sorry. Wait. You know that he's the fuckboy that cusses you the entire time, and then as soon as he goes down before you while you're killing people, he jumps. Yeah, you you just know this. Yeah, and that's uh, and that's after he's hacked and you know cheated at the game. So, yeah. yeah, yep. Um, but there are five of the secret six who are who fight Lex in the beginning of this. Everybody except Commissioner Gordon, who has been previously detained. Correct. Who has been previously captured in the and is in a cell in the Hall of Justice, which we saw in the Batman Superman issue this week. Yep. Um, and Lex has a solution for each of these people and i love he is one of the things i like about this is lex is almost batman like in how he has prepared and takes these people yeah. down. yes yeah there's a real like wily e. coyote roadrunner vibe to this book <laughs> i can see that i can see that um and the other thing that i think was kind of revealing is one of the people that he takes down the way he takes down shazam is He's like, yeah, you know all about Lex and, you know, his abilities and all that, but you forget I'm also now Martian Manhunter. And he uses his the Martian telepathy to control Shazam to make him say Say Shazam. your name, say your name. <laughs> yep. Um, Shazam this, motherfucker. And so essentially it looks like Lex has pretty much, you know, completely dominated and won this round of the Batman Who Lasts versus Lex This round battle. of villain chess? Exactly. <laughs> Until we see that literally the entire purpose of that was to keep him distracted and the Batman Who Laughs is, com- is one step ahead of him. Yeah. Yeah. And that is amazing. Um... And then uh, we get the the whole different take on the lovely 80s stranger danger <laughs> phenomenon. <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out, in this case, it's uh, the phantom stranger being in danger because the Batman who laughs has captured him. Yes. This was also the book where we see Lex start building up a team. He brings uh, Mercy is. back into the fold and he, he sends does. her to uh, uh-huh. recruit an ally whom he does not have the best relationship with as is. One joker yeah like who do you who do you who do you hire to take down batman who is the joker well you obviously gonna need somebody who can take down batman and somebody who can take down the joker and... which is 
literally Lex taking a play out of Batman's book, because this was uh-huh. how Batman beat the Batman who laughs in metal. Yep, that's exactly right. I love uh, it, though. Uh, this very is, good. Yeah, this is this is a good, good little series. I, You know what I found out, Alex, from this series? That... I like villain versus villain way, way better than I like hero versus hero. I was actually going to say that, yes, 100%. <laughs> yeah. It turns out it's okay when heroes betray and fight each other because that's kind of their nature, and it's so it's okay. You mean villains, yeah, villains betray and fight I, each other. Uh, whatever. I, I apparently <laughs> words are words that mean things, and I use the wrong ones. So, <laughs> yeah. Brian is in fact a sentient Madlibs pad. <laughs> he just normally gets more very accurate. Lucky. <laughs> I am Madlibtron's eight thousand. <laughs> Red Sonia, Agent of Chaos, number one. Brian, oh my first... Yeah. <laughs> when does Bernie Koppel show up? Yeah, I got Agent of Chaos. Yeah. yeah. That, was, that was a long way to go for that one. <laughs> yes, it was, and I'll edit it out and make it seem much shorter. <laughs> seamless. That was fucking seamless, Alec. Very good. Agent of Chaos. Um... So this is, we open up with an old fight between Sonya and, God, I, now I can't remember his name, uh, the Necromancer, who she has fought multiple times. Uh, and I can't remember his, uh, Kulan Goth, there you oh. go. Um, and she defeats him, and he's like, don't worry, I'll be back. And the way he always comes back is essentially he's a, he's a lich at this point. Um, and people always find this necklace that is his phylactery. and it corrupts them and they summon him back to life. So would you say she's got 99 problems and a lich is one? <laughs> uh, not anymore, because she takes it and literally throws it in the middle of the ocean. To the bottom of the ocean. Um, which would be fine. Except that's how you get lich sharks. <laughs> well, water zombies, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or water vampires, yeah, but yeah. Um, but we see... Aren't so- we just water vampires, though? Well, you know. Like, isn't that what we are? We According, if you ask a coconut, absolutely. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, From the perspective of the coconut, Gilligan's Island is a horror film. <laughs> <laughs> and soccer moms are their worst enemy. <laughs> no, no, no. Me after a good drink. There you go. There you go. Um, and then the, the next part of this is we see uh, Mistress Hell go to several of the less reputable characters in the Conan Red Sonja universe. And this is the part that I really wanted to talk about because I have very limited knowledge of this universe, but I really liked some of these characters. Um, I did not realize they were the same universe. Uh, I mean, I think they are. Um, so she it, goes... It does go make sense because I've been sitting here thinking, wasn't Kulan Goth the guy in Savage Avengers yes. who Conan he, was yes. fighting? Yeah, okay. the same, that's the same necromancer, yes. Um, Turns out some necromancers... Are the same necromancer. Are the same necromancer. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's crazy. Um... But the first one she goes to is Evil Ernie, who is Hell's Hitman. <laughs> and he is he is essentially like a, a, a death metal-looking uh, skeleton demon guy. Um, and my favorite thing is she's like talking to him, and he's like, hold that thought, I gotta deal with something first. And then it goes to the next panel, Roger something. Don't worry, he won't show up again, and he kills him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then she goes to Jade, who is a apparently a vampire and crime boss, and... Jade is apparently a known bad person. She goes to Sakara, who is uh, AKA Purgatory, who is 
clearly a demon, um, a very powerful uh, demon, maybe succubus. I'm thinking, but that's what I that's what I thought was cool. Is I don't know these characters, cool. and I it was cool being introduced to them. I liked it. <laughs> and then all of these people show up to take the necklace to gain its power and end up fighting each other. And in the middle of it, we sh- we get Chastity to show up, who is uh, the punk rock uh, female blade of the Red Sonja Conan universe. And I think she just recently, or maybe is even still in the middle of a her own miniseries. Yes. I believe that's correct, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Also did not... Are we sure that this isn't just a big dynamite crossover? Maybe it is, but maybe. I don't know. That's what I said. I don't know these characters. Fair. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, But they all show up, and Chastity is trying to stop them from getting this. And then finally we get thrown into this mix. Catherine Bell, a.k.a. Bad Kitty. So it must be a crossover, because Bad Kitty I don't think is part of. I mean... I feel like that is that is probably a little outside of the typical naming conventions of 40s pulp characters. Yeah. yeah. And she is a she is uh, the closest equivalent to her would be Elsa Bloodstone. Cool. Yeah, she's got this big rifle with a couple of magic bullets that she's going to shoot. And all of this happens and then uh you know very clearly Red Sonia is going to show up at the end of this and it is going to be essentially I think a giant free for all which is Super cool. Cool. Yeah. Jen. Yeah. Kill Lock number two. So neither of you are getting this book, right? No, but I did do as you were told and look through the art and it is fucking gorgeous. This is the prettiest book on the shelf right now. It is so fucking gorgeous. It's about these four robots who are all criminals. One of them is an engineer. He, he designs other robots, basically. One of them is a wraith. He's, he's a, a religious warrior, basically. One of them is like the working class robot, and the other one is an unformed, meaning he's basically a child. Something was wrong, so they stopped building him. Like some um, sort of robot D&D party. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But they all have committed a, a, a serious crime. They've all basically either killed someone or led to a bunch of deaths. Um, so they've all been sentenced to the kill lock, which means they get a mark put on them and all their coding is connected to where if one of them dies, they all die. So they have to figure out how to keep each other alive. And the, the, the engineer, the, the guy who creates other robots is a very fucking sadistic, crazy murderer. And he's so fucking funny. (laughs) I love him so much. This book is so fucking good. And I think it's up both your fucking alleys, by the way. His name isn't BT or triple zero, is it? (laughs) No, 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 no. No, they don't have names, really. Yeah, I if I can find a copy of number one, or maybe I'll just grab it on, on Comixology, I, I yeah. will do my best to get on this and catch up on this, because it is gorgeous. And we do not we do not talk about a lot of, like, European comics, which is, yeah. if this is not a reprint of an originally European-published comic, I'd be shocked, because it's an Italian writer-artist in this it's art not, style. It's not. This is the first time it's okay. being printed, Um, but he, uh, but he is European. Yeah, it is out of that tradition. Yeah. Cool. And oh boy. Oh boy, so pretty. Yeah. Just yeah. so good. And and in, in the first one, they're all trying to figure out how to get off the planet that they've because when they put the kill lock on you, they also strand you on a desolate planet. So maybe you'll fucking die. <laughs> um so the first one they have to figure out how to get off planet, they get off planet. The second one they're trying to figure out how to get to um a uh a, a robot that 
that knows how to cure the kill lock. So is this a, a case where they don't just get rid of them because they don't believe in killing? Yeah, but if right, they... exactly. They okay. don't believe in doing the killing themselves. Got it. But if they happen to die... Okay. Yeah, but but if but if we connect them all and put them on this desolate planet where they have no chance of survival, well, right. that's yeah, not we us didn't, killing we them. We didn't kill them. <laughs> right, if right. someone should have an accident, right? Oh, and and one of the 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 working class robot, he is basically an alcoholic, and it is so interesting to see his because because instead of you know it it affecting him entirely mentally, which it does, but it affects his in, internal like circuitry and stuff, and he's pretty much killing himself with whatever their form of alcohol is. Is he a bending robot? He's not a bending robot. He was in charge of opening a door and he <laughs> accidentally closed a door when a ship was coming in and killed almost a thousand robots. Oh no. So there's that. Yeah. It's I have... very good. I have no segue from this to our next book. The Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man, number 38. <laughs> we found the two most disparate books. Indeed. Um, I wanted to talk about this one because I am so much here for this weird allyship between Jameson and Spider-Man. Especially when it's like Jameson trying really hard and just fucking whiffing. <laughs> like, like doing everything he can to help and making things worse by like, doing so. This this issue is like a specially crafted hell for J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> it's J. Jonah Jameson entering his new job with a bunch of millennials at a BuzzFeed. Not even BuzzFeed. Not even BuzzFeed. Not even BuzzFeed. You're right. These are the people who write, you know, like the generic... Listicles. Not even like, like the generic ad blocks that get inserted at the bottom of websites that are like six ways belly fat might kill you or hasn't he been working there? No, um, not this place. This place is a bunch of 20 somethings who a former employee of his have put together to basically just game algorithms and get clicks and feed on anger and all of that in the most like 20 teens. We're going to just make money ethics be damned sort of way. Yeah. A point past even what Jonah's comfortable with. Yeah. But they oh want God. him to basically be their mascot and public face. I I love the example that she walks through with him though about yeah. using. She's like she's like oh, but you don't understand. Like perfect example is what she's working on. He's like, what are you working on? You won't believe the shocking proof that Captain America is still Hydra, right? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he's like, no. So it really, we really start getting clicks when the cap haters and conspiracy theorists out there get a hold of it and start forwarding it going, see, I always knew this was true. She said, but where we really get traction and traffic is when the people who are cap supporters respond to that. And it's got Bucky <laughs> on his computer. Cap's a hero, you jerks. And he's like <laughs> posting. <laughs> Oh, Bucky. Yeah. yeah. She's like, that's when the traffic goes through the roof. <laughs> like, oh my god. Meanwhile, Spider-Man is robbing a bank. <laughs> yep. And they see this as they're doing their sort of tour of the place, and Jameson's like, there's gotta be more to this story. I'm gonna go do journalism, K thinks by Peter, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Can I read the other three article titles that we get? <laughs> sure. I just love them. People are earning millions selling their souls to Mephisto. Here's how. <laughs> <laughs> 
going going to Krakoa is easy with this one simple trick. And is your boyfriend a scroll? He is if he does these six things. <laughs> oh, it's oh, it's so gross. But like, I want to live in that world. It was. It is the most <laughs> real thing. I'm like, uh, uh, this is absolutely 100 percent accurate about how these things work. Yes. Yeah. Oh my um, god. TLDR. It's some shield stuff that Teresa and Peter are trying to get under lock. Which I still love, Teresa. Teresa's great. Peter makes the mistake of telling Jonah the whole truth. So Jonah publishes it to try well, to clear Spider-Man's name. Does. Oh yeah. my god! And that's the thing. It's like he's trying to clear Spider-Man's name. He's trying to do right by Peter, but also outing this undercover covert operation. Yeah. Uh. It's such a fun issue. I am so glad that Jonah knows that Peter is Spider-Man. We get so many good story beats from it that feel new. Yes, we do. Brian. Yes. Atlantis Attacks number one. Okay, so I picked this up mostly because this feeds directly out of the Agents of Atlas series that just ended. Yes. Um, they, and that series, they ended up in the Portal City of Pan, which is uh, this built city of, it takes slice, like, I don't want to say slices, it takes sections of different Asian neighborhoods from all over the world. So, like... You know, Chinatown in San Francisco, and uh, I think Chinatown in New York. And, like, basically all of these different, you know, some from Tokyo, some from Beijing. So, But it's all these Asian cities and their neighborhoods spread around the world and basically puts them together, these sections of this, in one city called the Portal City of Pan. And there are teleport gates from those locations in those neighborhoods back to their original sites. In... If Epcot were a hub from right. which you could travel to... To anything in Epcot and from the World Showcase, yeah, that's yeah. yes. Um, and that's where Agents of Atlas took place, and we learned a bit about how what Pan was and how it worked there. Also, and, there were dragons, and yeah, and things were not as kosher. I mean, it's a it's a comic book story, so of course they weren't. Things were not as kosher as they a hundred percent seemed, and it turned out that what was powering the city is a dragon that they had captured. And the magic of this dragon was was creating and making this city work. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of people that really, really enjoy it. As a matter of fact, part of what happened is there are some people who are refugees from their original location. And, like, if they go back, they will get killed. Hmm. So they are now, basically, they have sought asylum and are staying in Pan. And that's the only place they have that they can live. Um, so the problem is the agents of Atlas, specifically Amadeus Cho, who is their leader, uh, wants to free this dragon because, you know, we don't want anything being captured, right? Or being held in servitude. But if he does that, then, like, these people will end up back in their original location and get killed. So it's not as simple as just freeing him. They have to find a solution to. But in the meantime, it turns out this dragon was uh, a an ancient dragon from Atlantis. Ah. And guess who is not okay with... I mean, he doesn't particularly have any love for this dragon or anything. But, you know... Ain't nobody taking Atlantis magic and using it for themselves. Certainly not on the surface world. Namor? Hey, how'd you know? You got it in one. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, Atlanta, this, that is Atlantis Attack. So, it is Atlanta Attack, Atlantis Attack, the portal city of Pan. Atlanta say, Attacks Atlanta is very Attacks. different. No, 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 no. We're not going to war, no. So, 
if no dragons candles. no candles here if dragons are basically fire breathing dinosaurs would that make the scientific name of this dragon imperious rex no it would not but thank you for the attempt <laughs> i appreciate it. maybe that's what namor has been shouting about for 80 years that's maybe all i'm saying it is maybe it is uh yeah i want my but, dragon back who has my dragon uh, yeah but like i said this is so there's a lot of morally questionable things going on and it's much and it's very much a you know which is the less evil thing to do here yeah. Um, it's the but, trolley problem, basically. Uh, yeah, it kind of is. And I, I, I do like that. And like I said, I enjoyed Angels of Atlas, and that's mostly why I picked this up. And this is a direct continuation of that story. Cool. Jin. Yep. Guardians of the Galaxy number one. Yeah. Hey, y'all, everybody just had cancer. Yep. <laughs> and they want to chill, but also Peter wants to chill because they haven't had a fucking break either. Gamora wants to settle down and be a family together. I love that Richard Ryder doesn't tell them. Like, I, yeah, I know you guys haven't had a break, but we're all recovering from cancerverse stuff. Yeah. So, <laughs> one-upmanship. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I love that he doesn't do that. He just like, okay, well, like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> you've saved the galaxy more times than anyone. You have earned a break. I'll go now. Yeah. But of course, not everybody is cool with just not helping. Yeah. Uh, Peter and Rocket are not good at just relaxing. And I don't think I've ever identified with Star-Lord so much. I know. Mostly when he was, uh, no, I didn't identify with that. Never mind. I was thinking about when he's laying in bed and just all beefy. But that's not identifying with it. That's lusting after. Different thing. Got it. <laughs> lusting after slash envying because he is in bed with Gamora. Uh, yeah. Also a little of that. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Um, one thing I love about this is Al Ewing has put Rocket back in a suit. Yes. And everyone's like, since when do you wear suits? I'm like, since the Al Ewing wrong of Rocket, folks. <laughs> not enough people read this book. It was great. He wore a lot of suits. It's classic. It's so good. Oh, Rocket yeah. in a suit is best Rocket. Best. Best rocket. Also, like, not enhanced. Definitely more squishy rocket. Yeah. You know what, though? I bet it was an expensive suit, because that would explain oh, yeah. a few things. Oh, you know oh, it. Yeah. And he definitely stole it well, from somebody. Oh, no, no. I was going to say that it explains <laughs> some things, like, you know, from the movie, because it probably cost him an arm and a leg. Nah. Uh... <laughs> so, Brian. Mm-hmm. Would you like to guess what uh, Lucind from a book from last year, this is picking up to give us our big galactic threat? It was an Al Ewing book. Mm, is this, um, oh, I am drawing a blank right Do you remember how the uh, Avengers, was it No Road Home or it No was Surrender? No, no, no Road Probably No Road Home. The the more recent of the two. Yes. Do you remember what that ended with? What 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 group that brought back onto the playing field? I, I'll be honest, I don't at this point. Greek gods. Oh right, yes, yes, yeah, because that was the whole Hercules. Yep. Yeah, them yeah. getting killed. Oh right, yeah. So Zeus and company have shown up in an interdimensional spaceship that phases in and out to just show up, wreck shit, and disappear again. <laughs> so I'm surprisingly going to call this Jenna's anti-conspiracy corner because of the lengths that they went to to not say the words new and gods together. <laughs> I was like, well, in no way are they. But it was so fucking... Like, they put words in between it. It was so good. I have to look at this now. Because I thought I did notice the words new gods somewhere. In the same sentence, but not together. Okay. 
<laughs> like they purposefully they, set, put something they were in like, between. We them. don't want you to be confused by this. This and is not I, a DC thing at all. And let's are, be, let's be fair. The Greek gods would be the old gods, not the right, new gods. Right. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Their third world. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, um, I didn't so, say the oldest gods. I just said old gods. <laughs> yeah. So uh, our team to go fight the Greek pantheon. We've got Richard Ryder, Star Lord, and Rocket, Moon Dragon, and Philavel from the Hero Universe, and Marvel Boy. <laughs> Because with the his first exploding toenails with his exploding toenails and psychedelic saliva, which brings me back to that opening scene from Gillen and McKelvey's Young Avengers, where Kate is making out with him. Clearly, I guess also tripping. I guess so. Although he does have ultimate control over his body, so maybe not. Maybe not, and maybe that's why she dated him. <laughs> hey, so, so, but have you met Kate? I'm so addicted to you, literally physically addicted to you. Yeah. Um, the first place we see the Greek gods show up and wreck shit is the utopian Cree homeworld that Marvel Boy is from and protects. So that's kind of his angle in this. And, uh, Rocket forms a plan for a heist to go stop this space base from phasing in and out of reality, at least. Wait, wait, yeah. wait. Rocket plans a heist? Get out. I know, right? What? It's and... more like he plans a bombing, though, honestly. Yeah, I mean... It's a heist style bomb. It's still like, rocket. Yeah. There's a distraction, and there are teams that infiltrate, and they're going to plant the bomb. Only there are two possible energy sources, and they find one, and it is Hercules. <laughs> it is ripped, shirtless, long haired Hercules Hygen. Hey. How you doing? <laughs> better now yeah. i love this it's very good i cannot wait for more yeah it was real real good x-men time marauders number six yeah we got two this week we got marauders and excalibur, uh, excalibur. yeah marauders was i mean of course this is my favorite guy it's got, got Kate Kate. In it. yeah. yeah and she is so good in this um but maybe not good enough. Maybe not. Hush your mouth. We're about to find some <laughs> things out. I'm saying Ooh. that with total confidence that she's good. I'll be honest. I was expecting the whole time that at the end she was doing this just to expose him. Yeah. Right. And maybe yeah. that's still going to be the case. But it's just waiting until next issue. Um. But, because ooh, they were in, they were in the middle of a fight in Madripoor, the Madripoor Bay, right? And they basically go through and and clean up and kick ass in this <laughs> the yeah. first part of this book. Um, and Kate probably probably more than anybody, she is just awesome in this. Oh, she is not having the uh, hood wearing clansman style villain. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um. So, uh, you know, they, they come, I love, I love how subtly the pirate theme keeps going through this though, because they <laughs> literally commandeer another boat. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, but it turns out that that was the plan of a certain black king all along. Yes. It was a trap. It was a trap. Um, and, and now I, Kate, now Kate's going to be sleeping with the fishies. I am, I am very, very concerned, obviously about Kate, but also about Lockheed. Yeah. Yeah. I am, Poor Beb. Yeah. Um, and he, it, so it's, obviously I said Black King, it's Sebastian Shaw, and he brings up the point of, um, the fact that Krakoa has kind of rejected her, won't allow her through the portals, right? And... 
does that make her not eligible for resurrection? Which is a thing she's all, or some are already worried about. Yeah, well, yeah obviously Emma, Emma, yeah. Emma talked about it definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's a very big concern they have. But and we, I mean, I think this is I think this is going to be a major plot point in the entire mutant thing. Is yeah. why she is not accepted. Yeah, yeah, and we don't know why that is yet, but. That reveal is still to happen at some point. But I just, I, I, I just, lo- I love the action in this book. I love the, the plot. You know, the the twisty plot that's going yeah. on. All the that. other, the other thing that happens here is Verindi gets a uh, spy, a bug, let's say, plants oh. a bug. Yes. In uh, Pyro. Mm-hmm. That bug being Yellow Jacket. When Pyro is like, it burns. I'm like, yeah, bud. That's what everybody else thinks. <laughs> Right, like I, I, it was very obviously that was a choice that it was Pyro that says it burns. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think my single favorite thing about this issue, though, is the text page that is Pyro's report back to. <laughs> yes, I was, I was going to mention that specifically. <laughs> <laughs> so he has now gone radio silent, so that you know they won't detect that he's there, and essentially he's just going to sit here and live in this little mini sub inside of. Oh Pyro. yeah, you mean Yellow Jacket report? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, in this mini inside of Pyro, and observe and find out all the secrets of uh, both the Marauders and hopefully you know the mutants and Krakoa in general. Uh, and <laughs> you're right, his report back is just especially the the pyro and bishop going around the marauder pyro has found an all-white wardrobe it goes on forever there are white business suits and uh well more casual clothes i guess frost has a cabin on the ship now he's calling in bishop to see bishop can't believe it either pyro's holding up some lingerie you know what he could rock that A little later. We're out of the wardrobe and Pyro's opening a heavily fortified door. It's a hair and nail salon. What the hell kind of warship is this? (laughs) The best kind. I gotta say, we thought that these guys wanted to exterminate humanity, but I don't know. They seem pretty chill. (laughs) Yep. Yellow jacket. One of us. One of us. Mm, Beautiful. Meanwhile, in Otherworld, Excalibur. Woohoo! Well, I mean, I guess there's some good news in that uh, they get Brian back. Yeah, there's a Braddock on the throne now. There sure is. <laughs> Not either of the two you'd want. <laughs> nope, it's the bad one. <laughs> did, and, did you guys also read when Jamie's talking to Apocalypse, <laughs> when he says, Apocalypse, I'm sorry, dot, 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 dot. Did yes. you Did you also read it as Apocalypse, I'm sorry, two bits? Of course. Of course. Okay. Yeah, I can um, never not read it as that now. Thank you both very much. <laughs> um, of of these first Dawn of X books, this was the one that this was the one that was the slowest start for me. Mm-hmm. Now that we're kind of through this first arc, I am totally on board with this. I am one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I love the scene we get at the end with Rogue and Gambit. Yep. And Rogue talking about why she was anxious about being on the island. I fucking love every part of this conversation. Yeah, it was so good. Well, because what do we know? One of the tenets of Krakoa is make more mutants. Make more mutants. Thanks, Nightcrawler. (laughs) And 
she is worried that because they're married now, they're going to expect them to have babies. And she don't want no fucking babies. Well, she doesn't think she, right. Like, she knows she doesn't now, and she doesn't, she's not sure she ever will. Right. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. And people need to get off her dick. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, as a 31-year-old woman who has not had babies, I felt every fucking second of this conversation. I can imagine. I can only imagine. Especially in the South, surrounded by a Christian family. Yeah. Get off my dick. How about that? <laughs> when are you going to have babies? I'm literally not. <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah, uh -huh. sure is. Yeah. As a matter of fact... I'd say if you don't want, if you don't really, really want them, then you're more irresponsible having them. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Firm yeah. fucking agree. Look, if if half the people in my family who have had babies, and I'm not going to name any names here, but if half <laughs> the people know. in my family who've had babies just uh, realize that they didn't want them before they had them. Yeah. Man, a lot of lives would be so much better. Let me tell you. Yep. I, I'm not saying them, like, I'm grateful you, for I all them exactly babies. Exactly what you mean. I'm grateful for all them babies. But yes, correct. It's not the children. No, it's the people. <laughs> and I'm not saying their lives would be better. Their lives would probably still be fucking miserable. Right. But I, trust me, I understand everything you're saying without you having to say it. <laughs> but yes, Ugh. I did love that conversation. I thought that was amazing. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And Anything we, else? I was going to say, and then we get the, we get a, a bit of a revelation about Brian now that he's back. Yeah. And kind mm -hmm. of, yeah, the fact that he is, he is not the same person that he was is essentially well, what we get out of that. He just has a lot of anger and rage and yeah. wrath. Yeah. And I think that's totally to be expected. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be a little worried about a protector of the realm if at some point they didn't process those emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, but what I, I, I gotta say, what I did admire about him was he, so essentially what happened, right? When, when they, when they're tested about becoming Captain Britain, right? Apparently it's presented as do you choose the amulet for protection or do you choose the sword for, you know, strength and power and vengeance? And might or right. Right. So, and that's part of the test is the real Captain Britain will always choose the amulet, right? Mm -hmm. Well, he says that he has this, he's had this dream where they came to him again and he can't not choose the sword. And like, he literally has the sword now <laughs> somehow. So like, he apparently he did make this choice again. Yeah. Um, And when he wields the sword, he becomes a different version of Captain Britain, right? But he takes it and he gives it to to, Bet, to Betsy and says... Um, I, I can't, I can't have this because if anyone finds out that I have it and could still, you know, be any version of Captain Britain, essentially, then they're not going to respect and follow you as Captain Britain. Right. They're going to make us fight. R exactly. Right. They're going to make us make people choose between us. Right. Kind right. Of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Is the, and I'm trying to find an answer to this as I ask it. Okay. Um, is the sword that he pulls and the costume that we see him in the sword and costume for the Black Knight? Uh, are they? Oh, that's a good. It's I don't. It's not the, it's costume. Not the costume. It may it may be a Captain Britain version of that same costume that I don't know. Okay, no, yeah, these mm -mm. are completely different. Mm -mm, yeah, yeah. It there. Uh, it does remind me very much of. I think there is a version of this costume, a version of Captain Britain. 
we have seen before that had this costume, though. Gotcha. I do not think this is 100% new. Somewhere in the Marvel multiverse. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I, it's been so long. I, I do not remember. But essentially, it's like a red, a red suit of art, you know, like uh, a breastplate with a uh-huh. golden lion with the golden lion yeah. on it. Yeah. He's a Gryffindor now and he cannot deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, he drew the sword, right? Yeah. Out yeah. of out of the uh Out of the hat. Right, yeah. There you go. Does that mean does that mean he and Jean Grey have to hook up now? Oh boy. Well, um Or Quentin Quire. I guess Quentin's really the next Phoenix. Yeah, Quentin could be. Yeah. Maybe so. My God. Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, let's be real. At this point, I'm not sure Jay, that Jean Grey hasn't hooked up with just about everybody. <laughs> I mean, like... Make more mutants. Make more I know, mutants. right? Girl, fine. Girl, get it. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm, hey, I am not com- not commenting negatively at all. No. I'm just going to cut that down to Brian saying, I am not come, and then I segue. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. All right. Uh, Premiering soon on CBS, Web of Venom, The Good Son, number one. What? CBS likes to name shows The Good Blank. There's The Good Doctor, The Good Wife. No, but this is literally like being modeled after that 90s movie, The Good Son, with Elijah Wood and Macaulay Culkin. You know, you made this reference earlier, and it did not occur to me that this was a real movie. I thought you were just talking about those are the two you would cast in these roles. No, it is a real movie. (laughs) Okay, fine. I both loved and was terrified of this movie. I don't know why I was scared. It's just like, it's two fucking children. It's children. That's why it's scary. It's children. There's nothing like supernatural about it or anything. It's just one where Macaulay Culkin is just evil. Yeah, he's fucking evil. Yeah. He like throws a dummy off a bridge and kills people with it. Yeah. And then gets away with it because it was just an accident. Are you sure that's not just an episode of Veronica Mars? Positive. Okay. Pretty sure Veronica Mars might have gotten it from that. This was th- this movie. It, it's really good though. I forget who plays the mom. It's Macaulay Culkin's mom who takes in this other kid and. By Macaulay Culkin, I mean the character he's playing. Yes, all right. Um, I'm gonna look it up. I'm on it. Okay. You can tell me about this book while I look it up. Oh, I can tell you about the book. So, Wendy Crewson. Okay, I have no idea who that is. Cool. Good. Good times. Um. Anyway, Dylan, who is uh Eddie Brock's son, comes to stay with Normie Osborne and his parents, Norman and Liz. Yeah. Um. And the kids are basically on lockdown. They cannot leave the apartment because it's dangerous for them out there. Because one was, you know, recently a goblin, and the other one the is Eddie of, Brock's son. Is the child of Venom? <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Um. The other one might have some sort of intergalactic evil space god of nothingness after him. Yeah. But nobody knows that but him and now Normie. Fair. Oh, but it's it's just it's just two kids. Being fucking stir crazy, getting into a bunch of trouble, and also, oh no, they have a little piece of symbiote that they can control and are hearing voices. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty terrible. Yeah, um, man, I'm worried about their parents as like maybe not being great parents if they're not noticing any of this going on. I mean, look at who they are. It's (laughs) Osborne's and Brock's. Come on, look, 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 look. I get that. Liz Allen at some point should say, you know, these kids have been through a lot. Let's call Doc Samson or some other therapist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. 100%. This is on Liz. She knows who she married. <laughs> I hear really good things about this Quinn Wolf doctor. I don't know who she is. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, Quentin Quire? No. No. 
Queen Choir, child psychologist. Dr. Quinn. <laughs> Medicine, Medicine woman? woman? There it is. Which always makes me think of the joke from that episode of Frasier about Diane from Cheers getting kicked off of Dr. Quinn for trying to teach her how to actually cauterize a wound and scalding her. <laughs> oh. oh. Hey, she'd make a good Madam Webb. Oh, yeah. Dr. Quinn, not Diane Chambers. Yes. Yeah, I was like, wait, which one? Dr. Quinn, medicine woman. Jane Seymour. Jane yes. Seymour, yep. Jane Seymour would make a very good Madam Web. I can see yeah. that. Yeah, I like it. All right, anything else on the good son? Is this going to end with two of them hanging over a cliff and Liz having to pick which one lives? Who knows? We'll find out. It's not called Web of Venom Sophie's Choice. No, that's the good son. That's the end of the good son. Oh, my God. Bro- er, Alan, Wait. I keep forgetting <laughs> Wait that you don't know anything about Sophie's Choice. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's the end of it. Ac- have I just confused these two movies? <laughs> Maybe you have. <laughs> Turns out he never. Turns out he never saw Sophie's Choice. He's no. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen either of them. Of course. <laughs> but has that Osmosis makes so much me? more sense to me. Yes. Oh huh. my god. Huh. <laughs> but it wasn't a volcano. It was just a cliff. It's just. Well, I think it's a river. Okay, no, I must. I be think it's a of cliff Sophie's over choice. a river. I think, I, if I remember correctly, which I probably don't, um, because it has been. Oh boy, I don't even remember when this movie came out. It has well, been more than ten years, definitely, since I've seen it. Probably well, twenty. A river runs through it anyway. <laughs> Nineteen ninety-three. Oh, okay, so almost twenty years since I've seen this movie. Um, and that is a buck wild thing to say. <laughs> okay, you get used uh, to it. <laughs> <laughs> Is it still good? Folklords, number three, Jen. Don't accept any candy from anyone ever, period, ever, 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 ever. And also, maybe don't call people ugly because then they start to see themselves that way. Afterlift, <laughs> number four, a book I need to catch up on. Jen. Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck. Fighting with angels in hell is much easier if you also have an angel sword. Basket full of heads, number four, Jen. Man, I read too many books. June gets another head for her basket. Batman 87, Brian. Ooh, uh, Batman continues to try to find out what this big plan for Gotham is and who's behind it. Batman Beyond, number 40. As Derek Powers tries to ruin Bruce Wayne's life, we learn who is Batwoman. Batman, Curse of the White Knight, number six. Uh, Jason Blood reveals the true origins of Batman. And then the Joker reveals more of the true, even truer origins of Batman. Far Sector, number three. Uh, Green Lantern Mulane finally gets her hands on the document she's been waiting for. Some good, good fanfic. Metalman number four, Brian. Um, uh, Lead and Tin go to Robocon 2020. Wellington number two, Jen. Wellington discovers the murderer and the murder and the murderer and the missing boy may be connected. What about the murder hoax? The murder hurt <laughs> is in this book. No, he's not. Black Panther number 20. Shuri tells Bast where she can stick it. 
Captain Marvel number 14. Uh, Carol has to take down the Black Panther and then a Hulk. Fantastic Four number 18. Um, we deal with the fallout of Reed's revelation of who actually caused the cosmic storm that gave them their powers. Heist or how to steal a planet? Maybe. Maybe if you are trying to ruin the plans of the most wanted person on a planet, don't disguise yourselves as him and expect to get around town covertly. Wasted Space number 13, Billy has found the worst spa in the universe. Next week's books to read there. Next week's books to read. Brian. Yes, sir. Another turning point. A fork stuck in the road. <laughs> Done grabbed you by the wrist, direct you where to go to make the best of this test and don't ask why. It's not a question, but a lesson learned in time. No? Okay. Yeah. I was hoping you'd finish it because I got as far as I could. <laughs> Brian, all three of your picks for this week are the end books. Yes, they are. Captain Marvel, the end. Deadpool, the end. And Doctor Strange, the end. Yeah, so these are these are one-shots that, that Marvel's doing that are the last story of each of these characters. DC has done something similar a few years ago. Marvel's and, done this before, too. Y- right, yeah, I was going to yeah. say, and Marvel has also done it, um, where they tell, you know, what is, what is the final story of these characters? Yeah. And, you know, I'm reading all three of these books, so I thought it'd be interesting to find. Cool. Yeah. Jim. Mm-hmm. We both have Vagrant Queen, a planet called Doom, on our list. Yes, so more Vagrant Queen. I'm very excited. Yeah, getting ready for that TV series. Fuck yes, I cannot, I cannot fucking wait for this TV series. Me neither. And finally, we've talked about it already on the show, Quantum and Woody number one. Mm, yeah. Comes out next week. Very funny. Yes. Much laughter. So read. <laughs> So read. That's it. That's going to do it for us this week. Noise, noise. We would like to thank Chase Parker for our intro voiceover. You can visit us at panelologypodcast.com. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash panelology. Or get merch at bit.ly slash panelology merch. Jen, self-promotion. Um, The first episode of Craft Booze is coming out very soon. We are going to Drown Valley Brewing Company in Cartersville, Georgia to talk about ghosts and beer. Me, self-promotion. Mine's at Yerk. Bi-weekly Animorphs reread podcast. The Rob Thomas, no, not that one, Robcast. Bi-weekly rob thomas currently veronica mars podcast i'm watching for the first time i don't actually know if anyone does die from a falling mannequin no i don't think they do but i'm pretty sure that that was a mannequin that fell off the bridge yeah i'm alex i'm jenna and i'm brian go read comics (laughs) 